Yeah, but what are you doing for you? What are you doing for you? That's the question. It's been posed to me. I have no idea how to answer it. Let's discuss it together on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. It's a mite chilly down here in the basement lair of the Gratitude Journal Podcast Command Center Studios. <laughs> I mean, that sound a lot more important than it really is because really it's just a little square room with a bunch of stuff in it to try to cushion the sound it's matthew here welcome back to this edition of the gratitude journal podcast i am in the basement lair and it is kind of chilly but comfy because i'm wrapped in my favorite sweatshirt that i broke out for the first time this week because the temps are a little bit down and the overcastness is up Is that a word? I don't think so. I just made it up. You can do that on podcasts. And it just feels like fall, even though here in Northeast Ohio, I'm not sure what's happening in your uh, point uh, in the world. And I definitely know of like, if you're in Hawaii, I kind of know what's going on. But I mean, in our part of the world, we're waiting really for the leaves change. I mean, there's little splotches of things. You know, it'd be like if you gave a child an autumn tree assignment And they started to like put in colors on the green tree with little bits and pieces. That's kind of the way it looks in our neighborhood. And what's really odd is our city collects leaves that you rake. So rather than putting them in paper sacks or putting them in plastic bags, you can actually rake the leaves out to the curb. So our street has a curb. We're in a city. And you can pile them up next to the curb. So in the road. And then this truck comes by and it kind of scoops them up and they turn it into mulch. So we received this little card in the mail that tells us when our ward of the city is scheduled for leaf pickup. Well, we're scheduled for a week from yesterday. And there's no way that they can pick up leaves because the leaves haven't even turned, which means the leaves primarily haven't even fallen. And I know that they haven't fallen. Because my neighbor's trees, his leaves always come off last. And I'm really just on the nick of feeling flurries in my face with the rake, raking those leaves from my yard back out into the street. And so I know we're not even nearly close to leaf raking. So there's probably a lot more about leaf raking than you probably ever wanted to know. But uh, it does remind me to remind myself to express the purpose of this podcast, because really every podcast should have a purpose. It should be about something, right? And this podcast is about gratitude. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, it's been relatively tough for me lately to find gratitude in things. And I'm just in that particular period of my existence over the past couple of months where just a number of things have kind of snowballed or they've snowballed like they normally do. And I've just been better in other periods of interpreting what they mean and what they're supposed to mean and how I'm supposed to filter it and process it and all that other junk. I just haven't been very good at processing. And so I hope to be better at processing 
so that I can have a better fix, a better perspective on what this podcast is supposed to be about. And that is to find the slivers of gratitude. And maybe sometimes they're big, large lakes of gratitude for the things that we have, not the things that we want, not the things that we did have, although both of those things are tough for me sometimes, as they are primarily, I think, for a lot of people, but the things that are in front of us. And I can say right off the bat, and I mentioned this to Donna yesterday, and I know I've addressed it in the past, but I felt an overreaching sense of gratitude yesterday when we went to visit my parents. And, and I do that, try to do that once a week. And as some of you know, my parents just turned 93. They live in this little apartment that is just the, it's a horrible apartment. Uh, it's horrible because it's dirty and they won't let anybody in to clean it. And it's just, you know, I almost kind of like hate walking in. But the part I like about walking in is that I get to see them and visit them. Now, the visit is always kind of, because mm, my father he can be kind of irascible and he's sometimes in a bad mood and my mother is eternally in a good mood. And, you know, they say the same stories over and over and they repeat the same verbiage. And my mother asks me the same questions all the time. My father's begun to ask the same questions all the time. My father's also started this kind of really weird thing with muttering to himself, like talking to himself. And sometimes he does it fairly loudly. And it can be about something you just said. So he's responding to it, but he's not responding to, to me. He's responding to himself. And sometimes his responses are not really all that great. And uh, But that's just the thing. When you have your folks at 93 and I said to Donna driving home and she says, you know, you should feel really lucky. And I said, I do feel lucky because here I am at my age. I still get to walk into this apartment and I get to see and talk to my parents. It's not like a mythical thing. It's not like a fake conversation that maybe you want to have some with somebody after they're gone. It's like the real thing. And so for that, I'm really, really grateful. In the, I don't know how many episodes we're up to now. I should probably check into that. Maybe 70, 80, something like that. And whatever, the dozens of episodes in the past, I know that I've mentioned this ridiculously ugly building that sits behind our house. It's a big square building, which was common, I guess, back in the 70s or whatever, the late 60s, for putting up these sort of high-rise structures. And it's normally not all that much of a high-rise structure. I think it has like nine or 10 stories, but it's just butt ugly. I mean, it looks, it's a square box. It kind of sticks out. And I know the builder probably built several of these around corresponding suburbs here in Akron because some of them look almost exclusively the same as the one that sits behind, I want to say, I guess, on the southwest side of our house. The one upside, though, to this ridiculously but ugly building that looks like something that comes out of North Korea as I would imagine North Korea to be, aside from all the missiles, is that it had this enormously beautiful row of burning bushes that separated 
the parking lot from the road. And I've always used as a sort of a benchmark since we've been here and since I was talking about autumn, kind of where we are in the calendar of things. Like, let's say calendars didn't exist. I noticed the temperature changing a little bit. And then when I would look at those bushes and just the top edges of the red would start to filter in, I would know that, hey, guess what? If I step out on the front of my porch, where we are in the scheme of things as far as autumn. And there are probably about 12 of these bushes. They're, and when they're in full bloom, they're really, really beautiful. I've always loved burning bushes. Uh, I just think like they're the great equalizer as far as raking leaves because you get all this beauty and then they kind of fall and you really don't have to do anything to them. You know, you don't, it's not like you have to rake a bunch of leaves or rake a bunch of debris from a burning bush. It just falls and that's the way it is. And, and I think they're just lovely. And so yesterday, as I was doing my thing here in the basement layer, I heard kind of a humming, like a mm, kind of going. I noticed in a, di in a distance, I had to record some things. So I was kind of waiting for it to stop and it wasn't stopping. It was just kind of going on and on and on. I'm thinking, well, somebody is down here doing something because, you know, this hum is kind of getting in the way. So I thought I would trudge upstairs and kind of find out what's going on. So I poked my head out the front window and hear a crew of tree removal people were cutting down the burning bushes. After almost 12 years of being here, they cut them down. I couldn't believe it. I said to Donna, Donna, they're cutting down the burning bushes. I mean, like all of them, every single one down. And it just depressed the hell out of me. How could they do that? Who would do such a thing? I live with a master gardener. You don't kill anything. You try to repurpose something all the time. My wife has plants that are 30 years old. She has a plant that was in the lobby of the first radio station I ever worked at when she would come over in the evening and sneak in, bring me food. And she noticed this kind of forlorn plant. And she kind of swiped it and said, I'm going to take care of this plant. And we've been carrying it and carting it around everywhere we've gone. You don't cut something down unless it's absolutely necessary. And what could possibly have been necessary about cutting down these burning bushes? I know I mentioned this in the past, but I've been seeing kind of, uh, I guess it's a shrink. I mean, it's really not a shrink. It's just somebody to talk to. It was suggested to me that even if I don't get advice about my current situation, our current situation, and I feel overflowed with things that maybe I mentally or physically can't adjust to or that I can't deal with appropriately that maybe it might be a good idea for me to talk to someone and i'm certainly for mental health i'm certainly for somebody talking to someone and while i immediately had some pushback on this notion initially i gave in and so i have been going occasionally once a month once every couple of months to sit down and talk about my feelings affiliated primarily with this journey 
that we have been on and how I deal with this journey. Because even at this early stage, it can be pretty exhausting and pretty overwhelming, in my opinion. And so one of the questions that my therapist sometimes asks me is, well, what is Matthew doing for Matthew? What are you doing for you? And I kind of hear that question and my face crinkles up. I can feel it crinkling up in a sort of, okay, eye roll, whatever. The hell does that even mean? How am I supposed to interpret that? What is that supposed to mean in my life? What am, what am I doing for me? I mean, it's tough when you really don't have a lot of expendable income to buy something for you. So that's not a way of doing something for you. And aside from the things that you have to do, most of the things I do are done with Donna. So, and, and it's been that way for the last almost three and a half decades. So I'm struggling to figure out the full extent of the meaning of what am I doing for me? I have been finding these little things that are, I would say, crucial or critical, things that I'm grateful for that I have sort of taken out of the schedule to apply towards answering that question, what am I doing for me? Now, maybe you have a different interpretation of this, or maybe you do this in a different way. But one of my big things is on Sunday morning, I have to have my coffee and I have to have my newspapers. Now, I have to have that every morning, but it's particularly critical on Sunday morning. I don't know why. It just seems like I invest more time in it. And it seems like it reinforces my need to have that hour or so as my time, my sacred time. And so I would say to my therapist, well, what I do for me is I read my paper in the morning. And he sort of blankly looked at me and I said, no, this is very important to me to have time with my newspaper. Now, it's been suggested to me. In the midst of everything going on, COVID and just the upending of our democracy and the jobs crisis and the price of gasoline and just everything that's going on that, hey, you'd be better off if you just didn't watch the news or my case, read about the news. Just let it go. Don't do that. But I enjoy finding ways to try to understand the nuances of the things that are happening around us. And that means reading the newspaper. Plus, as I've waxed philosophical about before, newspapers are some of my favorite things and newspapers are dying. So I'm going to wrench out all of the juice that I can out of the existing newspapers that do exist so that I can continue to enjoy this little piece of me time that I think equates to what am I doing for me? And so for that, I'm grateful. The other thing I like to do on, especially Sunday mornings, is go for a walk. Once Donna is up and I've 
made sure she's taken her pills and she has her hot chocolate and she has her religious program that she enjoys watching on YouTube. And to me, that is another space of what am I doing for me? And maybe you do this too. Maybe this is something you do, but walking is very important to me. Under normal circumstances, I would take a dog. But our doggy can't really walk anymore. He doesn't get the same enjoyment because he's old. He's 15. And if I walk him around the yard, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a big walk. So I enjoy walking along and just enjoying the crispness of the air and the birds singing and the train whistles in the background and just plodding along thinking about my week and thinking about the upcoming week and what I might be doing for that day or rehashing a conversation. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to music on my walks. I just, I prefer to hear the ambiance of the world around me. As you know, from this podcast, sometimes during walks or rides, I've done a, tried to do a podcast. I think I did one. I've attempted another one something happened with the recording mechanism and I wasted 35 minutes of talking to myself and it never recorded. So you would think that someone who has experience with audio recording would have figured that out by now. But this walk is relatively important to me. So I think that's giving me some me time and that's what I'm doing for me. So I require that time. I would say too that I enjoy craft beer. So I look forward to the beverage that I'm going to have in the evening. And sometimes I look forward to it to such an extent where maybe midway in the afternoon, I'm thinking to myself, which beverage am I going to have? What do I feel like? Where are we in the beer year? What do I need to have before this particular seasonal selection goes by the wayside? What do I need to enjoy right now? Because next month I may not be able to enjoy it. What am I going to have? This is very critical. The glass has to be cleaned efficiently. The beer has to be at optimum temperature. I have to make sure that I have everything done. And Donna has her bath water and she has everything set up for her evening. And, and Izzy has been out and I don't want to be disturbed. I just want to sit down with my beverage and I just want to enjoy the beverage and I just want to look at its color and I want to I just want to I want to you know sniff at its aroma periodically as the liquid goes down in the glass and and as that beverage warms up and noticing its change you know from an olfactory perspective and certainly from a taste perspective I I really enjoy beer my my palate's very attuned to it and so this is a joy for me this is to me, treating myself. This is me taking care of me. Now, some would say, yeah, but that involves alcohol, and maybe you're kind of tiltering in that direction. And I would say, no, I don't think so. I mean, if you said, okay, you can't have this tonight, I mean, it's not like I would start to shudder, but it is something that I enjoy and that I look forward to. And for me, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that little small time, that 20 minutes that I get to focus on that beverage. What do you do for you? I mean, what does it for you that allows you to say, I'm taking care of me? That's a tough one to answer sometimes. Because I think 
what I'm learning in these very early entry-level stages of being a caregiver, that there doesn't seem to be a lot of time to focus on yourself. And I'm trying to get a better handle on the fact that not everybody is experiencing my situation. When I hear people talk about themselves and their journey and where they're at and what they need to do for themselves and what they are doing for themselves, I sometimes think, yeah, but you know, you don't deal with what I'm dealing with. And you have much more latitude to make yourself help yourself. You have much more latitude to treat yourself better. You have much more latitude to do the things necessary for you to feel better about you. And to a large extent, that's an illusion. I just have to be more practical and I have to be better at finding ways to eke out these spaces of doing stuff for me, treating myself to something that makes me feel like I'm caring about myself. Now, it doesn't always have to be about things or buying something. I'm guessing that some would say, well, the fact that you're going to talk to someone is caring about yourself. So I guess I would agree with that. I think just an opportunity to meet up with someone, a friend, for a while, a day, even a weekend. I think that's caring for oneself. I think that's giving something to yourself that you enjoy. And so it's showing you that you care about you, answering the question, what about me? What are you doing for yourself? What is me doing for me? But I think amongst those questions. And I think amidst this quest to figure out what are you doing for you, I think there also has to be the quest to find gratitude in that. Because many times I've walked out with an empty feeling from these therapy sessions. And sometimes when I'm having that beverage that I've thought about for several hours during the afternoon, it may not turn out to be the best beverage. And I may be disappointed. And if I were still blogging about beer, I might write a negative critique of that particular beer. So it's not always enjoyable. And putting yourself in a position to treat yourself well or to give yourself something that you deserve it may not always turn out that way. And I think it's important, even though I haven't fully realized this, I think it's important to figure out the gratitude part of those experiences. The fact that you allowed yourself to feel good. The fact that you allowed yourself to invite a stranger into your world to help you progress to another level. The fact that you allowed yourself to put yourself in a position to learn something new or approach something new or take advantage of an opportunity. And I think that's the tougher part, to find the gratitude in that. In a sense, finding a way to appreciate the event 
even if you don't accomplish the end result that you had originally anticipated or expected. When I went out on my walk yesterday, I was pretty PO'd about those burning bushes being cut down. I mean, all I saw then were cars in the parking lot, and I saw more of that ridiculous-looking building. But what I did see that I may not have seen had the burning bushes been up, the beauty behind the beauty, I guess, is somebody just walking along, walking over to their car, slowly, methodically, taking in the morning air. And I stopped and watched this person walk, and I thought, this reminded me of a morning at the seminary when I was walking across from the college residence hall over to the refectory to get a cup of coffee prior to the start of class. And just like this morning, the sun was coming up. There was a little bit of fog, like a little bit of mist. And I was walking across the walkway in the middle of the courtyard between the two buildings. I turned to my left, and there, emerging from the mist, head down, slowly, methodically walking, folder tucked under his arm, head down, deep in thought, was Monsignor Leonard J. Fick. My hero, my mentor, if I could have had a mentor or a hero back then. And I didn't acknowledge him and he didn't acknowledge me. It was just almost a mystical experience, just watching him saunter along at an even pace, starting his day, praying maybe, thinking maybe, the same as that person who was methodically walking to their car, maybe to go to church, maybe to go to work. Maybe they didn't have a car. Maybe I'm assuming they were walking to their car. But those burning bushes not being there would never have reminded me of that experience. It would never have given me pause to stop and wonder, I wonder what's going on in that person's world. And it took the focus off my own world just for a brief second. And in a strange way, I was kind of grateful for that. I was, in a strange way, kind of grateful for the cutting down of those burning bushes. Now, I may not feel that way tomorrow, but I did today. And for that, I'm grateful. The beauty behind the pain, the beauty behind the beauty. Sometimes the two are intermingled. Sometimes the two can be the same. That's something I'll have to ponder on today. The other thing I'm going to ponder on is the fact that I'm going to treat myself and reward myself. Maybe that's a bad word, reward, treat. It's the only thing I can come up with. A way to answer the question, what is Matt doing for Matt? And this week I'm cutting ties with a client. And I know that sounds weird because that means cutting ties with money. But I'm cutting ties with a client. And it's a client I've had for the past year. And it's a client that, let's just say, I don't know that I've had the best relationship with. And my attempts at trying to find appreciation 
have sort of gone by the wayside. And I feel after an exchange occurred this week between us that it might be better for me just to remove myself from the situation. I decided to do that. And I wrote the letter. I'll send it tomorrow. I wrote the letter. I read over the letter. I reread the letter. I rewrote the letter. I reread it again just to make sure that I felt comfortable about doing it, that this is something I wanted to do. And when I got to the end, I thought, yeah, yeah, I am going to treat myself to this to lessen my anxiety a bit and and make that move even though it lessens potentially the small amount of change in my wallet so i'm again in a strange way kind of grateful for that grateful that i've had the opportunity to earn from this person but grateful too to realize that sometimes it's just better to do what you need to do for yourselves to find the beauty behind the beauty and sometimes the beauty behind the pain so here's hoping you are safe and healthy that COVID booster shot is on the horizon. It is for us. So we'll be looking into that relatively soon because, as you know, I am a proponent of vaccines and all of us getting this thing behind us, at least as much as we can, because I think it'll be around for a while, as much as we can, and taking control over the situation without feeling like we have somehow intruded upon our own freedoms or the freedoms of the others around us. So here's hoping you're safe, regardless of your political outlook, and that you are staying warm if you're in that part of the country where heat now is a concern. Paying for it sounds like it's going to be a bigger concern, since it seems like heating bills for this upcoming winter, predicted to be bad, by the way, will perhaps even double, so we'll have to adjust that. In fact, I might have to find a newer, less expensive beer to appreciate in the evenings to compensate for this extra money I'll have to spend on heat now that I've told a client to hit it. (laughs) Here's hoping you're okay. And thanks for downloading and listening to another episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast.